So we've been celebrating the Jubilee, as I've said, and this is the last in today's series. But today I'm um, focusing more on the part that is about our calling. Um, And you may be new to this church or new to um, hearing that word calling and what does that mean? And what does it mean to be called by God? And are you called by God? And today my aim is for you to leave here knowing that you are called by God and to know your position within his royal family and his kingdom. You know, when I think of the Queen, I like the Queen, I really respect the Queen. I know we've got different opinions about the Queen and the monarchy, but I do. And I see a lady who knew and understood and was obedient to her calling. I mean, she could have passed that over, couldn't she? She was only 25 when she was crowned. Um, and she, but she accepted it willingly, knowing that her life would never, ever, ever be the same. And we can look, can't we, and think, oh, I wish I had Kate Middleton's dresses or was, uh, had that life. But actually, what a life to lead, you know, in intense scrutiny, having your family criticised, you know, not being able to do anything else. But what I've seen with her is just that unwavering yeah. commitment. You know, she's not been a lady that's been lukewarm, lukewarm in her duty or calling. And actually, she's, she shows to be a lady of integrity and a faith in Jesus. And I love the fact that she uses her position to point people to Jesus, actually. You know, and all of us today here um, are called as well, but we're called by God. As Ima said last week, that absolutely everyone is welcome in the kingdom of God. There is nobody that is left out, that is disallowed uh, because of who they are or what colour they are or or anything like that. But actually, God has given us free will to either accept Jesus or reject him as well. You know, and God created us. Ultimately, we're created to have a relationship with him. There's always going to be something missing until we find that relationship with him and we accept him in our hearts. You know, we can have everything. We watch on the Alpha films and we have testimonies of people who are rich and famous, but yet they testify to feeling like they've still got something missing in their lives. Even though they seem to have it all, there's something missing. And actually, they didn't feel complete until they entered into that relationship. But God also goes beyond that. He says we have a purpose for each of us, a calling. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand and that we should walk in that. So not only is he calling us to know him and be in reverence of him and treat him as holy, but actually he's calling us to do something for him and walk in the purposes that he has for us. And you know, until we're walking in that purpose, actually I think there's still going to be a niggle of discontent and rest within us. You know, I don't know where you're up to today and what stage you're up to, but I want to be a person. I've not always got it right and I've not always done this, but I want to be a person that continues to walk into God's purpose and calling for my life. You know, when I'm walking in that purpose, I feel at peace, I feel content. Um, When I'm walking with Jesus step by step and trusting him to direct and lead me. You know, when I start to wander off, because sometimes we do that, don't we? We do our own thing, we think we know best. Um, It never seems to end well. I end up stressed, I end up losing sleep. And that peace in my heart goes. You know, and it's God's desire for us all to walk closely with him, step by step, increasing our faith in him, day by day. Not Sunday to Sunday, but day by day. And he only will give us what we can handle each stage of our life. So he's not going to call you into something or show you something that he doesn't think you're up to or he doesn't think you've got the faith to step into. For example, I was thinking about Noah in the Bible. God asked him to build an ark, even though the season was dry and it would make him look a bit crazy. But God looked at Noah's heart and knew that he would say yes, that he would obey and he would actually go and actually do do what he was being asked to do. You know, Noah wasn't a perfect man. You could look at Noah and think he was the least person to be asked, and you could look and think, well, that person should have been asked, or that prophet, or that person. But actually, God sought Noah's heart and knew that he would obey him. So we can often look around, can't we, and think, why was I not picked to do that position? 
you know, why did God not ask me to do that? Or why am I not in that position or title when I've been here for 20 years? But actually what we need to be concerning ourselves with more is actually our relationship with Jesus and not getting jealous or comparing ourselves to anybody else's purpose because God's got your unique purpose that's just for you. You know, and God takes on that next step when we're ready. When we're busy comparing, when we're busy getting jealous and we're busy, you know, looking at other people, then we're not busy on our relationship with Jesus. We're not busy preparing our own hearts. You know, God will know where you're up to in your faith to take on that next step. Also, your calling, your purpose shouldn't be ill-fitting. If I was to step into Natalie's shoes, one, they'd be too small probably for me. Not the saying she's small. <laughs> when she said that she's small, the dad didn't see her as small. Anyway, but they would be ill-fitting. It'd be ill-fitting for me to step into being a youth pastor or to, you know, have that heart that she has. It's just unique for her. It's natural for her. It's not unnatural or hard. Or Linda, Linda Maycroft, a really good friend of mine, her gift of cooking, you know, she whipped up on Monday night an amazing chicken tikka masala for 50 people. It wasn't stressed it was just natural she loves it it was fine now that me I'm quite happy to cook for my family I'm quite happy to cook for me and Richard but cooking for 50 on Alpha would stress me out so but God has given us all unique gifts and talents that are natural for us for me I think I'm called to be an evangelist but I wouldn't have thought that you know years and years ago when I was still working at a bank as a mortgage advisor I would have been never expecting that to happen but I'm naturally gifted at chatting to people I, I like talking to people I like sharing my faith I'm quite happy to pray for people and I started just volunteering at food bank 22 years ago and from there step by step not quickly but step by step I ended up working for cap helping people out of debt and it's just such a natural thing for me to do it's not hard it's natural but God took me on a journey step by step and he shows us when we're ready just revealing a little bit step by step and it's always the perfect fit that's the perfect fit for me that might not be for you but that's for me you know but what are your God-given gifts and abilities you know, God will use them and use your life to build his kingdom if you, if you are willing. You know, it could be that you're an amazing business person and you, you've got a really good job and, and God's using you to, to flourish in that and build his kingdom financially. It could be uh, like Linda in a hospitality that she's got a life group and she just loves people and she's kind to everybody who walks through the door. She's just kind and has that compassion for others. It may be kids' work. It may be as simple as being part of a team and stacking chairs. You know, all these things are needed. It might be that you're somebody that connects people. It might be that you're, you look out for your neighbours and you're happy to pray for them. Whatever it is, God will use what's your natural God-given abilities if you hand them over to him. Is God just asking you actually to put your hat back in the ring? when you were serving him before you know because the devil wants to get us off track he wants to take you away he wants to fill your mind with offense and things like it didn't work out last time they didn't they don't need me they're using her over there or him over there they don't need me and maybe you've took offense but maybe today is your heart open to God prompting you to remember who you are that there's still time there's still work to be done and he wants you to put your hat back in the in the ring you know you will be like me the most peaceful and happiest when you are fulfilling that god-given purpose that you've got just from him you know it's god's promise to us that absolutely no one gets missed out whoever you are in here however insignificant you feel your role could be no one is missed out god has created you for a purpose you know let's get busy building our relationship with jesus and let's just see what happens you know keep dusting off we have to do this continuously keep dusting off opinions keep dusting off bad attitudes comparison and instead let's concentrate on keeping ourselves to have a clean and pure heart
You know, continue to encourage yourself in the word, in the word of God and his promises and delight in him. He knows the desires of your heart. You know, maybe you're in here and it's Father's Day and you're desirous to become a father and you're not even dating yet. But God knows, he sees your heart. He sees the desires of your heart. He's not forgotten you, he sees you. You know, when God is in the center of your world, when God is in the center of what you do in your everyday life, I believe your calling will find you. I don't believe we, we often stress and strive about what's our calling, what's our purpose, but I just feel it will just naturally just come when you're keeping God at the center. Anyway, that's my introduction. I want to give a quick look today at 1 Samuel 3 from verse 3. And this is the story about Samuel and Eli and when God calls um, Samuel. So I'm just going to read from verse 3. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then, Samuel, then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. But he ran to Eli here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, go and lie back down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli again and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, go and lie down. And, he call, and when he calls to you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went down and lay in that place. The Lord came and stood there calling at, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. I just want to start off looking at verse, the very first verse there where it says um, that the lamp of God had not yet gone out. You know, and I don't know where you are today, um, but you may be here today um, and you're not where you should be in your walk with God. You've become disillusioned, uh, maybe you've taken offence, but God wants to say to you today that the lamp of God has not gone out. The lamp of God has not gone out. He's got something for you to do. You know, maybe your love, uh, love and passion for God has, has, has started to diminish. And just have that picture of, um, um, of, of a fire and, and the, the bellows, are they called, um, just um, blowing into, back into flame because a, a fire can literally go down to literally virtually nothing. It looks like it can be dead, but actually it just takes a bit of wind to actually put it back into flame. And I have that picture that might be for somebody today that actually when you open your heart up and say, yes, God, I want you to fan my passion back into flame, that he will do that and it'd be like a roaring flame and that you'll go out of here different and change, ready to go again. You know, maybe you've made some mistakes in your life. Maybe you're on the Christian walk and you've make, you're making mistakes now or you've made mistakes, and that's stopping you from thinking, actually, I can walk into my purpose. But God wants you to know that the lamp of God has not gone out, and that you've still got things for you to do. Maybe you're bound for mistakes that you've done in the past. God is saying the lamp of God has not gone out. Please just trust him and say yes to what he wants to do in your life. You know, if you are still here and you're still willing, God has got something for you to do. You know, how often are we missing what God is saying to us and speaking to us? You know, how often are we so busy 
looking around and doing other stuff that we're not paying attention. We're so distracted that we're missing what God is saying to us. You know, and God can speak to us in so many ways. He can speak to us um, through his word, through the, through the Bible. He can speak to us through songs in worship. He can speak to us through people like Ian and Denise both shared in the first service. He can speak to us in that way. He can speak to us at, at the, one of the Nicky Gumbel Alpha videos. Nicky Gumbel talks about where he really gets spoken to from a billboard on the side of a bus. And that really, just really spoke to him. For me, I got spoken to once in Newbank Garden Centre. I was at a real crossroads in my life. And God just spoke to me through a verse on, a, of all things, a picture frame. Never seen a picture frame with a verse on a Newbank before. Never since. But God spoke to me in that way. So God can speak to you. If you're open to seeing what God is doing, he can speak to you. Anyway, back to the story of Samuel. Um, Samuel was the son of Hannah. Now, Hannah um, was a lady that had great trouble conceiving a baby, and she'd longed for a child, and she'd promised God that if, she, if he let her have a son, that she would rededicate him back to him. I mean, what a promise to make when you longed for a child. And she did conceive um, Samuel, and she did dedicate him back to God. When he was four, she took him to the temple under the care of Eli and said, you know, he's yours. And she wanted him to serve in the temple. I mean, what faith is that? What amazing faith. Have a, give up your longed for child. Anyway, Samuel went on to pray for her, and she went on to have many other children. So God was faithful. But what faith, what faith that is. But unfortunately, Eli wasn't a great man, although he was one of those people that was a religious person that everybody looked up to and looked the part. But actually, he had two sons and they were greedy and immoral and he overlooked the things that they were doing and let them continue and they were disrespecting God so verse 3 says the word of the Lord was rare and the visions were few you know God won't speak to us if we're disrespecting him and not treating with the reverence he deserves you know we can look the part we can look the part like Eli did but actually God knows what's going on doesn't he I sometimes can look the part, you know, we've, we've got to be honest with ourselves, God sees what's going on in, in our hearts, doesn't he? You know, and Eli and his sons had cultivated a culture that was neglecting God. It'd become lukewarm and sort of anything goes sort of atmosphere, and that's okay. They'd moved away from what was pure, what was holy, and um, they were pursuing their own desires and wants, and we can all go down that route sometimes, can't we? But God was still the same. His word was still the same. He was still true. He hadn't moved, but they'd moved away from him. You know, maybe that's happened in your world today. Maybe that is something that's moving you in your heart now. And you need to put God back in his rightful place today, in that place of holiness, in that place of purity. You know, have you walked away from God's truth in your life, for your life, for your relationships, for the way you talk? Um, have you let things in that you know, you know, aren't God's best for you? You know, God longs to speak to us. He longs to direct our paths. Um, he wants to move you into his purposes and his plan. But we need to be in that relationship with him, that right relationship with him. You know, we need to be examining ourselves and checking what's cutting in, what's distracting us, what's robbing us of that peace. I mean, for us, something just really simple. For us recently, uh, we got rid of Facebook because we just found it was so, dis um, so distracting, so negative. And that can be a forum that people can get so distracted on and waste so many hours on. Um, and it so, can be so damaging for people. Now, I'm not saying that's for you. We had Facebook for a long time, um, you know, but for us, for this season, we've not got it because we're just finding that it wasn't helpful. It was cutting in. So, you know, God wants us to be an intimate and treasured relationship with him. He wants us to be putting him first, not Facebook, not Instagram, not, not what other people think, what he thinks. We need to be surrendering our wants and desires to him because he knows us best. You know, we need to be obedient to what he's saying to those voices that are saying, no, you need to cut this out. No, you need to be in that right relationship with them or whatever it is. You know, we're not going to get that from Sunday to Sunday. It's through a day-to-day -day 
relationship, consecration with him. We can't just skim through his word. We're not going to really see, see God's will for our life by skimming through. If I was just seeing Richard, a quick word on a Sunday and skimming through his texts, we wouldn't have the deep friendship that we've got. We wouldn't have the deep relationship that we've got. You can't get that from a quick skim or a quick visit on a Sunday. You know, I want to have the revealed will of God in my life. I don't want to have somebody else's revealed will. You know, and the only way we can get that is through that surrender on a daily basis, through that consecration. Also, Samuel didn't recognize God's voice at first, did he? And it took God three times to get his attention. He kept running to Eli because that was what was familiar for him. That was a familiar voice for him. He ran to man before he recognized that it was God that was speaking. You know, and it's really important who we run to. You know, and the good thing about Eli, there were some bad things about Eli, but the good thing was he recognized that it was God and he pointed Samuel back to God and, and pointed him back to answer to God. You know, and it's really, really important who you let speak into your life. You know, I love people, I work with people, I have loads of friends, I go out for coffee, I go out for a walk, go to cinema, do loads of things with loads of different people. And I hope I make everyone feel welcome, I hope I'm a friendly and warm person. And, you know, I'm just a very nosy person, I love meeting new people. But, but, there is only very, very few people who I like speak into my life. I can't afford to be around people who are taking me off course. I just can't. And the, and the people who I'm around are the people who bring out the God in me, the people who encourage me in my calling, the people who say, keep going, don't give up, that challenge me if I need challenging. We all need challenging sometimes. People who pray with me and always point me back to God. They're the people we need to be letting into our lives. You know, your purpose, your life is so valuable. It's so valuable and so short. And the people you hang around are contagious. Do you know that? People, you know, if you let people in, make sure they're rubbing off good things, not bad things. Don't be around people that are gossiping or, or discouraging. Life is too precious and short. Let's be talking about the things of God. I recently went down to spend time with Laurel, a friend of, uh, friend of um, mine and other people in here. I came away feeling so uplifted, so encouraged because we spoke about things of God. We prayed together. We dreamt together. And we just came back feeling so encouraged. And I think a really good, um, good gauge for me for this, if I come away from a conversation think, what did I say? Did I say this? Did I say that? I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, I didn't feel like when I'd spent time with Laurel. I felt uplifted and I knew we'd spoke good. And that's a really good gauge. If you come away from a conversation thinking, did I say that? What shouldn't have said that? Then maybe it's not good talk. So, and just an aside on God calling Samuel three times. God never lets go of us, you know. He'll keep calling you. He'll keep calling you. He's just waiting for you to listen. And maybe that's a word for you today as well. But maybe that's a word over your children that they're no longer walking with God. You know, God never gives up on his children. Don't you can trust him with your children. Just because you can't see it, God is still calling their name, calling their name, calling their name. You can trust in God's promises for whoever that might be in your life, even if you can't see it and it doesn't seem like it at the minute. Verse 8. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. You know, Samuel's greatest revelation for his life happened to him when he was in a position of rest. He went to his quiet place and was still, and that was his bedroom. It reminded me of Ima's word from last week about finding a Sabbath in our weeks. You know, um, Samuel, day to day, was getting around the temple business. He was baking bread. He was serving people in there. And God didn't try and get his attention. He wasn't calling his name in that busy time. He called him in that place of rest. 
He was in that position to hear and obey God. You know, what is your position to hear from God? You know, have you considered Ima's word from last week? You know, it's okay to think, oh, she was great today. It's great to see Ima up. But actually, and that's really encouraging for Ima, but I'm sure that Ima would really be more encouraged this week if you go to and say, I put that into practice. I found my quiet place. I found my Sabbath. You know, it's great. We've got to do something about. We have great messages here, but we have to put those messages into action. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. You know, Samuel was in that position to listen. We need to be in a position to listen. Samuel was in a place of obedience. We need to be in a place where we're ready to be obedient, even when sometimes we don't want to. I didn't particularly want to give up Facebook at that time, but I knew that God was calling me. I know it was something simple, but it was something that was really cutting in, and I did it. And, and also, Samuel was available to God. Are we available to God if he's saying to go, if he's saying to serve, if he's saying to give, if he's saying to go again, to saying to put, his, put your hat back in the ring? You know, and God told Samuel that he was actually going to make him the leader over all of Israel. And he, and he was going to deal with Eli and his bad sons. So it was a really important message that God wanted to tell him. But Samuel was ready. Samuel was ready to step into his God-given purpose. You know, he was saying, your will, not mine. Maybe you need to go back and remember who you actually are. What's important? Who you belong to and who you want to serve in your life. Just want to share a really personal story um, which I don't particularly want to share, but I really feel prompted to share it. And it's going back to January. And, and, and I've seen in my, in my job uh, with CAP and my job working at church over the last 14 years, I've seen amazing things. I've seen people's lives changed around. I've seen people's lives transformed. I've seen people's faces that were bitter and twisted and angry completely change. I've seen somebody's face completely change when they became a Christian. I've seen miracles. I've seen answered prayers. I've been with people when they've died and I've seen them slip into heaven. It's been the most amazing. I've had some amazing opportunities. However, it got to January this year and the you know, we can, we can so easily get sideswiped, can't we, by the devil. And I was in a place of feeling depressed. I was in a place of feeling like I wanted to give up. I was in a place of uh, being hurt by people. I was in a place of not feeling great. I couldn't do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. Why am I putting myself through this? And actually, it got to a Thursday night. And I was, Richard was at board of directors. He was, he was out, we was probably out every night that week, like he is, behind the scenes, things going on. And he's out, all, he's out a lot. We're both out a lot. But he was out on the Thursday night. And I'd actually applied for a job online and I got to the place where it said submit and it was a job that was a lot more money than I would have got here um, and we could have had nicer holidays and all that and I'd convinced myself the voices I've been listening to were yeah yeah it's time you've done it you've done enough it's time for a rest it's time to do that and you could do that all those voices I was listening to all the people I surrounded myself at that point were people who were agreeing with me yeah you should do that yeah it's too hard I wasn't listening to those I wasn't ringing Laurel and saying what do you think Laurel I was listening to those other people and um, anyway, I couldn't press submit. I applied for all this job online, went through all the questions, and, was, and I couldn't press submit. Rich came home about half 11 from board of directors from being here all night at church, wake up the night, didn't tell him, woke up the next day, and we have our grandchildren on a Friday. We have our and Avi, six and four. And um, when we get home from school, we always have a bit of a quiet time and a coffee and a, not, well, they have a juice and a biscuit and all that. And they sit, I mean, we've always put Netflix on and say, Can, do you want to choose a film? And they chose this day, The Lion King. And um, anyway, they both decided they wanted to sit on my knee, like they do. So we're watching, uncomfortably, The Lion King. And The Lion King is a story of um, a, a dad, 
and a son, a lion. And the, the dad is the king, and when he dies, um, the son will become king, and that's his calling, that's his purpose. And then um, the king is killed by somebody else. But fake news, we've heard Natalie talk about fake news, didn't we? They told the son fake news that he'd actually killed him. He'd actually been the one that was actually... Um, what's the word, the cause of the death, responsible for the death, and he wasn't, he wasn't, that was a lie, and we listen to these lies of the enemy, don't we, and it was fake news, but anyway, he believed this fake news, and he ran off, and he hid, and he, he, he decided to live his life, and not fulfilling his purpose, and he just ran away, and then eventually, one of the other lions, I think it was his cousin, goes to find him, because they need him, to, they actually need him to fulfill his calling, they need him to come back and be king, and they find him, and they take this, this cub that is now a lion to the river, and they make him look in the river, because he's now grown up to be a fully-fledged lion, and he looks like his father. And the father speaks from the clouds. It's like God speaking from the clouds. And literally, I sat there with, with these children on my knee. Richard was asleep on the other sofa. It was a Friday. He had been up since till half 11 at Board of Directors. He had been up since half 11. But he, and, and I was there, and I had these girls on my knee. And literally, this is what Mustafa said from the clouds. He says, you have forgotten who you are, and so you have forgotten me. Look inside yourself. It was like as if God was literally speaking to me. It was literally just me and God in the room. The girls were on my knee, but it was literally like, and it, then it goes on to say, remember who you are. And it kept saying, remember, remember, remember. This is in the Lion King. Literally, this feeling of depression, this feeling of, of hopelessness, this feeling of I can't do it anymore, I've had enough, lifted completely. I looked outside, I've got a beautiful garden. I looked outside, it was back in colour. It's like when you're feeling depressed, everything sort of goes to black and white, doesn't it? Everything's hard work. Put on a front, nobody would have known, apart from Ross and Helen, who used to keep popping around and I'd literally just cry on them the whole time. And, and my mum and people like that would have known. But other than that, nobody would have known. We're good at putting on a front, aren't we? But from that moment, you know, Ian McDonald spoke this morning about people can have an instant release. It was an instant instant release, instant release, that thing lifted, and actually thought, I can go again, I am ready, and, and God, and, 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 and I remembered who I was listening to, and it wasn't the voice of God, it would have been the voice of the enemy saying, give up, give up, give up, and since then, I mean, yesterday, to witness that Holy Spirit day, to see people showered with the Holy Spirit, um, so many things I've seen since then, and I could have missed out if we'd given up, is that you today, is that you today? You know, do you feel maybe in, in the, the lamp of God in your life has gone out or is going out? God wants you to know that it's not and he can fan it back into flame. You know, are you disillusioned? Have you taken offense? Have you taken your hat out of the ring? And God is saying to you today, come on, it's time to put your hat back in the ring. It's time to get busy working on your relationship with him, not busy looking around. Are you disrespecting God with your actions or your words? or what you're watching, what you're thinking about, in your relationship, are your relationships pure? Have you stopped listening to the voice of God? Are you running to man for an opinion, or are you listening to the voice of God? Are you pressing into what God is saying to you? Have you forgotten who you are? Have you forgotten, like me, who you are in God? God has got a purpose and a calling that's the best for you. It wouldn't have been the best for me to walk away. I would have been stressed, ill at ease, because I wouldn't have been doing what God wants me to do anymore. You know, and I am going to uh, ask for a response this morning, and it's up to you whether or not you respond, because that's between you and God. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me at all, but all I would say is that Ian spoke at the beginning of the service, he didn't know what I was going to talk about, and he spoke about people having today that instant moment of release from whatever they're going through, that instant reconnection to God, that instant restoration of your relationship with him, that instant forgiveness if you've not been living right.
not been speaking right. That touch from God, a lady came to me afterwards on the, on the outside there and she said somebody had prayed for her and she felt like she'd been literally showered, drenched in the Holy Spirit. And she just felt full, filled up completely. And she was like, I'm so glad I came forward for prayer and I nearly didn't. Don't go away from this place thinking, I wish I'd had a touch from God today. So as we go into this song, I'm just going to pray. And I'm going to pray for boldness and courage. If that's you today, come out. Come out, get a touch from God. Yesterday, they ran, didn't they, Dana, to the front? They ran. People were out there. We said it. They were out there. Before we'd even finished talking and the worship had gone on, they were out. I said, I want to I have a touch from God. I want to have a touch from God. Do you want to have a touch from God today? God, I just thank you so much for your presence here today. I thank you so much for your word that reminds us to stay in that close connection with you. God, forgive us when we get distracted by so many other things, God. God, I just pray for these people here today. God, I pray for soft hearts. I pray for surrendered hearts. I pray for hearts that are obedient. There's no judgment, God, in you. We all mess up. I mess up so many times and there's no judgment from you. Nobody's looking and saying, I wonder what they're going for. What's so much more important, God, is that we're in that right relationship with you, that we put things right and we move back into the purposes that you've called us to do. God, I pray that as people come forward, I pray that you will touch them, I pray that you'll meet them, I pray that you will shower them and drench them in your Holy Spirit, in your presence, that we will know that we are loved and treasured by you, Jesus. Amen.